Welcome to the Dolphin UK podcast. It's just Lee and I this week, size on a nice Christmas break. Um, very well earned Christmas break, no doubt. But uh, Lee, we've got a lot to talk about, mate. A good, you know, one of those rare occasions when staying up until two in the morning, <laughs> four in the morning is worth it. And it was a good win, wasn't it, over the Saints? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good win. Um, definitely worth staying up for. I imagine more people stayed up for this than, than for the Baltimore game earlier in the season. <laughs> um, say, yeah. That's an easier one to skip, but yeah, I mean, definitely worth it. But the, the, the Saints are a good team. The fact that we struggled on offense is not necessarily a surprise. And, I, and at the same time, it's also not really something to dwell on. I don't think um, there's better teams that have struggled worse than we did. Um, yeah. the, the We said it last week, uh, you know, I, really applies to every game going forward. Um, all that matters is coming out of it with a win. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that we came out with a... It was, it was just comfortable as well, wasn't it? I, I know like this yeah. is the one thing... Like you said, there's not a lot you can take from this game. Saints' defence was good. Shut down Brady in the box the week before. And then when we were on defence, we were playing a guy who started his first uh, game in the NFL. And if it wasn't for COVID may never have started a game in the NFL um, in theory, like Ian Book come out of college, absolutely fine as a player, but n- not kind of NFL starter worthy and you know, he was right down that depth chart so maybe would never have come forward uh, unless a situation like this occurred in the future, so we can't take Which, a lot of my other thing. But the, Saint, the Saints would have known that had they read your draft guide. Exactly, exactly. Which uh, he got a, a bang <laughs> average review uh, and I was just very impressed with my, my the, the kind of Stuff I took from the draft guide, and I was just saying he gets out the pocket as soon as he can, but like as soon as he comes under a pr- bit of pressure, the composure bombs through the floor, and that's exactly uh, you know what we saw at the weekend, wasn't it? But not here to talk about Ian Book. Let's take some of the kind of positives from the game. Um, I mean, I, I, the defense just came to play again, didn't they? they did, and I think it was what you said uh, last week, mate, where you were kind of talking about the fact that if you needed to dial up and kind of turn the, the, the defence into overdrive and kind of bring the consistent pressure. There was still no real need to do that in this game. And yet the Dolphins ends up with eight sacks. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting pressure by just being simply better. Um, you, you know, the, the Saints are missing a lot of players, but they also had some real, really nice players on offence as well. Like, there's a couple of O-linemen there that, let's be honest, if they were suiting up for the Dolphins next week, we wouldn't be complaining too much. So, you know... It's no no small feat to be able to do that, but yeah, I still get the feeling that there's more, and I think that you know it's a case of you don't want to show any more than you have to until this week. I think Ryan Tannehill's uh, the two games we've got left. Ryan Tannehill's the better of the two quarterbacks. Mac Jones, you know, is very impressive, but I think he's going to be easier to rattle than Ryan Tannehill just simply because it's a rookie versus a vet. You know, I'm not yeah. not trying to pit one against the other. I think you know they're both big quarterbacks. People know how how concerned I am about Mac Jones being in New England for for many years, <laughs> and I was before the draft. But um, yeah, I mean, you didn't need to throw the playbook at, at Ian Book the other night. I'm sure there's a there's a there's a there's a good pun in there somewhere that Simon is screaming at screaming at us down the down the phone. But <laughs> um, you know, they, they did enough, and the rest was just again like the week before. Our guys are better than your guys, and and that's that's where you get the the, the sacks and pressures. The second interception, he had to throw it anyway. So it, yeah. it, you know it's a nothing thing, but hey, it's still good for the confidence of the defense. That's it, and uh, shut down Alvin Kamara well as well. I mean, thirteen carries for Kamara, you'd kind of expect more, wouldn't you? In, in this kind of situation, fifty-two yards. 
two catches for seven yards. I think the, the passing game is what I was really concerned about beforehand. I thought they'd be checking the ball down to him, screen plays, etc. All uh, all evening long, but we didn't see it's that test- at all. Yeah, it's a real testament to how well the defense is playing. You know, um, yes, we you know everyone knew that Kamara is the only real threat they have on offense, but you still have to go out there and shut it down. And you know, there's a lot of people in the, in the media, in the national media, especially well of the Dolphins beaten but at the same time every week before they play it's well they're going to struggle to stop Alvin Kamara they're going to struggle to stop Christian McCaffrey oh no Saquon Barkley's back this week do you know what I mean but every time yes all those players have other than Kamara the other two players are coming off injuries or McCaffrey got hurt during the game but it always seems to be this is the guy we should be terrified of going into the game the Dolphins defense deals with it and afterwards well, there's always an excuse for for why it was not a good defensive performance. I, you know, it's, it's a really it's a really strange place to be in, and it's it's a little bit the same with the offense. We'll get on onto that in a minute, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to quickly kind of touch on the fact that the Dolphins didn't give up a single third down conversion from the Saints all day. You don't come away from a game like that very often. And say that um, it just really sort of situational defence in a way that we weren't seeing at the start of the season, isn't it? They were kind of, you know, just getting the, the coaching calls correct. And, you know, it, it, on those situations where it was quite obvious uh, Book would have to bail out of the pocket once you brought six, seven rushers, there was always somebody covering the the receivers. Or, you know, the, 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 the cornerbacks were playing close to the line of scrimmage, but handing off really well. It was just an all-round competent sort of defensive performance. I, I just wonder on your half, is, is there anyone that kind of stood out particularly or is it just an all-round good effort? I mean, it's definitely an all-round good effort. Um, There's definitely a change in, in in basic philosophy, you know, after the seven games losing, which is easy to say, but it, people want to pick on, on the fact that we've been playing teams that have been struggling, but there was also a fundamental change in the way we play. Um, and I think that's that's a big part of it. And it's not it's not a new approach. It's going back to last year's approach. And I think we're seeing it pay off. But yeah, for, for me, the the most notable thing is the fact you didn't hear the corners' names called at all. Yeah. And that's because they are scary good. And the less you hear their names, the better they are playing. And you did hear X's name when he got a sack, though, which is a rarity as well. But when you, <laughs> yes. When you do look at through the kind of sack numbers it's like, I always come back to Ogba and I did say before the trade <laughs> deadline you know we could like when we were one and seven what's the point in holding on to him but at this point you know two sacks today he's just sort of such an underrated um edge rusher isn't he that we've got to be looking to, to kind of tie him to a contract especially given that everyone's saying um you know, we've got we've got the most cap space in the league. It, it just feels like a fundamental piece. If the Dolphins want to keep performing at the level they have over the last seven weeks, you know, that, that's one we've got to nail down. Yeah, um, I would. I don't know if the Dolphins will. Yeah, I just, okay. I just, I, I don't feel like New England would pay their pass rushers. I, I mean, don't feel that way. They, they haven't historically. Yeah. That's why Trey Flowers got out. That's why Jamie Collins has got out. You know, and even if they end up back there. They're not the ones to dish out that contract in the first place. And I just hope this regime can see past that in the same way I hope they can see past it with the running back situation. Yeah. And and some of the other things, you know, I think they've done a decent job of self-evaluating themselves and saying, look, we were in one or seven holes. Things need to change. They they can't get worse. And I think they, they probably need to take that same approach with free agency in the draft as well. You know, some stuff has been good. Some stuff has been flat out bad. So... Yeah, you know, there should be some interesting off-season content as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've got to be looking at Ogre about I don't know in the twelve to fifteen million a year sort of range, haven't you? If not more, twenty-eight. It's like a three-year deal. It just seems to make too much sense for a team that wants to <laughs> keep some consistency. But you are completely correct. Nothing. Yeah, I, I agree with you though. I mean, hey, I'd be drawing up that deal as soon as possible. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, uh, quick, do, do you think Mike Gesicki is playing his way out of Miami? It's crazy. Or not playing his way out of Miami. Yeah, I was going to come to that in a bit, mate. I think you could be correct. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I was going to tweet this out, but I didn't want to be the 
kind of the the, the bringer of Probably doom. That guy. But yeah, since since we've started winning, Kaziki's been getting the ball a lot less. But I don't think you know. I don't think there's a direct correlation between the two whatsoever. But it just feels like he's kind of moved back to a you know a tight end that you see in an offense that has no desire whatsoever to feature the tight end. It gets three or four receptions a game for minimal yardage because that's the read that the quarterback's got to go to and he's open. It doesn't feel like they're scheming him open deliberately. Obviously, Waddle's getting like you know 99% of the sort of play calling designs and get him open. I just wonder with Kaziki, like, is he going to be happy himself? Obviously, he comes across as sort of Mr. Miami when he's on the field at the moment. Earlier in the season, we saw he was the one rallying the troops. But someone is going to feature Mike Kaziki to an incredibly high amount if he doesn't come back to Miami. And, you know, you're going to get, if, you, if he's going to get bonuses written into contracts of X amount of receptions, X amount of yardage, you know, he's, he could make a lot more money somewhere else if that's the case, couldn't he? So, I, I you know, it's a two-part question. Are oh, the Dolphins going to want to bring him back? Mm-hmm. And it's because Zicky want to go and going to try and, you know, want, want to go and uh, sample that free agent market before he makes a decision as well. So, interesting one. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I think this could be a whole episode in itself. Could be, yeah. There's, yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> there's so many, so many different things. Uh, I, I wonder if, if they're purposely not using him, if it's just simply a tour thing, where tour has got his favourite target, obviously in Joe Model, but then it kind of pushes the pushes Mike down. Is it because teams are purposely taking Mike away because he was playing so well? There's so many factors. Is it partly because the Dolphins want to try and keep that value down because they want to come in with a contract before free agency and say, look, <laughs> we're willing to give you this, you signed it now, but. I mean, I said it right before. I said it before the season. I don't. I got a feeling he's not going to be back. I, I don't necessarily agree that it's a good idea, but I don't know. I just if if you're Mike Gesicki and your agent gets wind that the Packers might be interested in Mike Gesicki, or you know, someone that's got a top level, say Gronk retires and, and the Buccaneers are interested in him. That's going to be hard to turn down for a team that are currently not really utilising you, even if you like tour and the coaching staff and being in there and all that stuff. That's great, yeah. but let's be honest, it's it's on the field. That's it, mate. And uh, being a bit more positive about the offence, so again, you saw how effective Jalen Waddle is as a weapon. I think, like again, I'm going to criticise myself because I'm quite happy to take this criticism and that I wasn't overly enamoured with the selection of Waddle at six. In the draft, I, I thought that was a bit early for him, but you're seeing now that. Well, here's a question for you actually. Do you think that Jalen Waddle would be having as an effective season if it wasn't for his connection with Tua? Right. And, no, and do you think that, um, you know, if, if I don't know, if we hadn't taken the Lions and taken him at seven, is Jalen Waddle being talked about as, as highly as he is being talked about because he's playing in Miami's offense? No, I think there's part of it is the quarterback has a confidence in him. Tua doesn't treat him like a rookie because he treats him as a guy that he's played with for years. Um, I believe the Dolphins would have taken Jalen Waddle at two. I think that it wouldn't have mattered where we were sitting in the draft. Jalen Waddle was the target. Um, Devonta Smith was the consolation prize for exactly the reason we're seeing. You know, I banged on about it when we were going through all the draft process. But any limitations you think he might have they're completely outranked by the fact that they have a connection which has been built over a number of years. It's not that they played a season together. These guys have been playing for a long time. And if you go back and look at look at your favourite connections in the NFL, you know, quarterback, wide receiver tandems that last for years and years. And as soon as one of them leaves, it goes bad for both of them. You know, it, it's happened so many times. What You know, the highest... Price wide receivers in free agency very rarely work out very well because you've taken them out of a place that have been playing for five years. And really, you're buying them off the back of the last two years of that contract, whereas you're kind of reaping the benefit of them having already done that. And you've got them both on rookie deals. Man, it makes too much sense. He's too impressive and versatile as well. I mean, like, yes, you'd love to see some more downfield stuff, but I am absolutely happy winning. Yeah. The game plan of death by a thousand Jalen model cuts. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I can live with that because it works. 
absolutely came to it. Line, line Jalen Waddle up and just send out as many offensive linemen as you want to go around it. Just protect <laughs> it because you know he's going to get open underneath. He just does. It doesn't matter who yeah. he's, doesn't matter who the defensive back is either. Two is not scared to throw it at throw it to him no matter what. Um, yes, they've come unstuck, but long, long may it continue. Well, interestingly, the like awful interception that Tua threw the other day it was the one where the one where I was just screaming to <laughs> throw it to Waddle because it was Waddle, wasn't it? It's was a strange one. So having, this... having gone to Waddle all game, he kind of finally went. Do you know what? Mac Collins is in double coverage. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit Mac Collins down the field. And what what did you take? What did you take away from that, mate? I mean, it's one of those which, on the national stage, it just looks ugly, doesn't it? But as we've said every week, the, the bounce back was incredible again. Yeah, I mean, the bounce back is absolutely superb, as it is every single time. But I think I, I'm going to have to go back and look at this, but I think every time he's thrown an interception, the following drive has been a touchdown. And they're not touchdowns, they're impressive drives as well. But I think Tua says he doesn't listen to what the media says. He doesn't look at look at the social media. He doesn't listen to what he's like us, right? And that's that's absolutely fine. I, I, I applaud him for trying to do that. But you saw in the Monday night coverage in, in the broadcast, which I'll get onto later because it was an absolute disgrace, by the way. Like, all they said for the entire first half, Tua needs to throw deep. Well, Why? Explain to me why, other than it's not exciting enough. Because if he's completing a, a ridiculously high rate and the team are moving down the field, why does he need to throw deep? He eventually does it in a bad time. Okay, it worked out. I mean, it was third down. It was the equivalent of a short punt. It wasn't a, it wasn't a game-killing interception. But this is what happens when you try and force it when it's not there. If there's nothing to go deep, don't throw deep. We don't have the protection for it. We don't have the receivers for it. Even the Mac, even the Matt Collins catch, which is a great catch and a beautiful throw, he's not open. Like <laughs> it's a great throw and a great catch, but like that's not a guy streaking wide open down the field. Like that's what everyone seems to think because we, as you said before, we see that happen with other teams. They manage to get someone running wide open, but it really happens for us. Yeah. Um, I think if you don't take them often enough and people keep telling you you need to do it, you end up forcing some which are bad ideas. Like, I heard someone on another podcast want to say might have three yards for carry, describe it as two with board. And that that might be true. Yeah. Yeah. Just sitting up and, and taking, you know, get going too far. But I, I thought, like you said, the Hollins catch was great. And it's an interesting one. I've seen like, Omar tweet every time Hollins makes the grab, why isn't Mac Hollins featured more in this offense? And it's an interesting one because Hollins does come down with some vital plays for this this Dolphins team. And they all seem to be incredibly important plays. You know, we saw the touchdown against the Giants. Going back to the last season, you've got the catch against the Raiders. Every time Mac Hollins comes down with the ball, it's a, it's an impressive thing. But I put it to you that he doesn't create separation on your conventional, like the reason McCollins isn't like lining up every play as one of our top three guys, or you know, even more than that, is because he doesn't create lots of natural separation. He, like the the amount of catches he's got is minimal because he does get the odd target, which he which he doesn't bring in. He's not a contested catch guy really either, and he's incredible on special teams. And for me, that's why he's not getting more. But is that do, do you agree with that? Do you think there's it's just you know, we've got a lot of personnel or am I reading too much into it? Or what, what do you reckon? I think overall people forget the, forget the Matt Collins, Collins drops because yeah. of the amount of big, because of the intermittent big plays. So he doesn't play, he, he doesn't get, like you say, he doesn't get targeted very often. When he does, it's just as likely to be dropped as cool. He, ha- he has a, he has a few drive stopping cat uh, drops on, on the season as well, which I think is important to remember because that was a great catch the other night. It's all undone if you, if you don't make those catches consistently. And it's consistency, which is stopping him being in the lineup. I'm guessing it's probably the same in practice, which is why he doesn't get in the lineup because they're willing to put enough people in there. You know, we heard the other night 
me and you were speaking in the in the chat about it that they like Lewis and they wanted to try and expand his role. So again, you've got another player that's jumping, Matt Collins. I don't know. I, like you say, I think it's probably because he's a special teams guy. He's, he's a great guy to have on the team. But I don't think he's ever going to be in the starting wide receiver court, except for if you have the injuries. But more than happy for him to be the next guy that comes in. You know, he does play well and he's full of heart. Like I've got a lot of time for that. But let's be honest, if we're full of selfie, you're going to put Will Fuller there, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, to be honest, if Albert Wilson's healthy, you're probably putting him out there. Yeah, 100%. And, and uh, you mentioned Tommy Lee Lewis, and this is like one of those things which is like horrible to say all the time, but there's, there's, I'm glad he left the game. I'm not glad that he left it injured, but I think we both said, didn't we? It was like, I was like, well, just calm down, sir. Like it was kind of, he was running yeah. backwards. He just looked like a fumble ready to happen, didn't he? He looked like a, you know, he didn't need to advance uh, the punt kickoffs. He didn't need to take the ball out of the end zone. Just catch the ball and do your job, mate. That's what. But you know, if we start featuring him a bit more in the, in the kind of kick return game against the team that he didn't use to play for, then hopefully he just calms it down. Nothing to no one to impress because you could see yeah. there was a speed and a natural ability to hit the hole. It's just that that wasn't the game that you needed to. It was going three and out, three and out, three and out, and they kept punting back to us. So just take the ball and we'll score. It's all we needed, wasn't it? So, yeah, that was a a funny one. um, One thing I did think was interesting when they put um, Javon Holland back there, it was fair court every time. I've got no problem with that. That's fine. Go out and do do the job. Um, But also, I thought it was very interesting that they didn't put Waddle back there at all, which is something we saw early in the season. I know he had a couple of drops couple of muffs, but you know, he's playing too well and our wide receiver core is too too thin to do that now. And I think yeah. you've probably seen that in the fact that they didn't put him out there. Yeah. Final, uh, actually two points I want to quickly make on offence. One is that we saw the role of Duke Johnson reduced this <laughs> week after a big week, the week before, and that was I think partly back to the return of Philip Lindsay, but very telling that Johnson and Lindsay both numbered 13 carries uh, apiece, whilst Gaskin onto three carries. So Gaskin's obviously been reduced in the uh, reduced role in the offense is now obvious and evident that, that Johnson and Lindsay have, have jumped him. What was incredibly frustrating was the lack of use of Johnson again for me. They had the big kind of bustling role where he kind of ran over Zach Brown and kind of picked up the first down. And I completely appreciate that he started the game with a couple of like one, two yard runs against a strong Saints defensive front. But I was just yelling out for continued use because they tired as the game went on, which is why when he came back in and got 10 yards on that carry, just keep doing that. But um, I don't know. I've never sold him on this this coaching staff's use of the running backs, but I don't know. Am I missing something, mate? <laughs> No, uh, they don't, again, they still don't value the position. Um, I don't think they saw enough success early in the game to stick with it in the way that you wanted to. I mean, they did stick with it in regards to they did keep running the ball, but just not in the, the heavy way that you kind of seen the week before. Um, do you think I'm, that, that just to enter it, do you think they didn't run the ball this week because they, like they did the week before, because there was no Jalen Waddle the week before? Do you think that's the reason? Because that's what I've come to the conclusion of. That's why, but might just because um, of the, who we're I think playing. The, I think the Saints are better at stopping it. I, um, the Jets did a decent job, but there seemed to be more momentum. Early in the game with a couple of Duke Johnson runs, he was getting two, three yards, but that was Duke Johnson falling forwards because I don't think we could block it well enough up front. And I think he's probably slightly on the O-line. I'd like to see another week with him and Lindsay in there and see if they're a little bit more... Um, run heavy in the first half. Um, probably be cold in Nashville, so, I mean, we'll get onto this later, but I think there's going to be an opportunity to do that. Duke Johnson ran well, and I'm hoping the fact that Ahmed was inactive and uh, Gaskin was used far less in the run game itself. I know you've targeted a couple of times as well, but um, hopefully it's opened their eyes to the fact that you need a bigger back. Yeah, for sure. Last offensive point from this game then, we talked about Mike Gazicki getting a new contract. Do we think Durham Smythe deserves a new contract? And, and again, the stat lines just blow you away. Three catches for 31 yards. But 
if memory serves me right, all three were first downs. And I just think he goes really, uh, you know, unsung in this offence. I think it's going to be incredibly cheap to bring him back. What do you think? I mean, it's not such a huge talking point. We're not going to blow the doors <laughs> off anything with this one, are we? But I just think he's one of those parts that if you can keep for a relatively good price, it's just a no-brainer. I think the stat line means that he's not going to get paid somewhere else. So you're going to be able to get him at the price you want, more or less. Um, and I don't think this coaching staff is all the front office. They don't operate the way that, that some of the coaching staffs and front offices do out there. They're, they're looking far deeper than, than the box score and the numbers. Darren Smythe does what Darren Smythe is asked to do. And that is far more valuable than a bigger name with, with better numbers somewhere, somewhere else. They would, I think they would rather keep what they've got in-house. Yeah. Um, I think it would be short a short deal because I think they probably hope to replace him with Hunter Long who somehow in the I'm going to get onto this in a minute but somehow in the broadcast they managed to confuse Hunter Long and Christian Wilkins like but like I think hope they hope that Hunter Long will be kind of Darren Smythe replacement and probably in their mind the, the Mike Kosecki replacement that's what I think yeah I mean uh, Long's obviously been brought in as the pass catching sort of college and they didn't really feature Kaziki for a while, did they? I mean, Kaziki got far more time on the field in his his rookie season than um, than Long has. But I, that's different why coaching stuff. Suppose you, you're very you, you're true. You're very right. Yes, uh, I, and t- for that, I, I feel like Long has definitely been brought in as the pass catching uh, tight end. But yeah, one one to wait and see. Off season debate will obviously rage until mm-hmm. uh, you know the free agency bit kicks in. But uh, but yeah, finishes off on the on the game last week with your. Your broadcast rant, mate, hit me with it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I just thought it was absolutely awful from start to finish. I mean, the every, people's perception of, of this team is going to be based on seeing that one Monday night game and the Thursday night game earlier in the season. And based on Monday night, they couldn't even get the factual stuff correct, which is, which is mind-blowing to me. Like, they have trucks of analysts and people prepping for that game, and they couldn't get it right that Duke Johnson had played for the Dolphins before last week. Like, these are basic things, and he was a starter in the game. Like, it's mind-blowing to me. Like, I wouldn't get away with that in my job. (laughs) It's it's, it's just incorrect. Getting Hunter Long and Christian Wilkins confused. Like, how? (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) <laughs> like, it, it, it's just I mean, one's a D-line and one's a tight end like I know Christian Wilkins thinks he can play tight end but I mean yeah it, it drives me crazy and then a, a lot of the stuff they say is, is based on saying I think the, the star watch and defence for instance they flash up Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland no problem with that both playing very well Xavier Howard is a pro bowler like how <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I just maybe it's because I'm a Dolphins fan. No, I, I feel those broadcasts are always worse when we're playing, probably because I have better knowledge of of our team than I do as the rest of the NFL. But yeah, it seemed like the whole first half it was um two and needs to go deep, two and needs to go deep, two are frozen deep in the set. Well, t- two and needs to just keep saying short. Hang on, that's exactly what you were moaning about the entire first half. I, I just, I, yeah, we, we happily come on here, not happily, but we, we come on here and say if we're wrong. Like, just admit you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so weird, isn't it? And, the, and there was just, um, it was kind of, we had the whole, oh, you know, you can, this team's got really lucky. And, but I don't know, like, if, if we go on like a two game win streak and both quarterbacks have been out, COVID, I'd kind of get it, but seven games you still, you know, beat Lamar Jackson in that time, and you can only beat what's in front of you, can't you? So what's the like? I understand the kind of lucky narrative, and I and I, you know, buy into it out the week on this week we were lucky because half the team was out. But what do you want the Dolphins to do about it? Like, what is the what is yeah, the I Dolphins' mean, role in this other than to win the game that they've got to play? Like, <laughs> fascinating because we also lost to the Jags after losing both star quarterbacks. We also lost seven games in a row whilst not having the starting quarterback for five of them. Like, would you say we're full of luck? Is yeah. that is that part of it? You know, 
you say they say oh played the Jets and the Jets are a bad team. Well, ask the Titans how that went because the Titans are a good team. Ask the Chargers how they got on at the weekend. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, to, to win seven consecutive strange. games, I think against any team, any teams in the NFL is is impressive no matter what. I did actually say to a friend of mine, what worries me is if we make the playoffs that you have a letdown actually in the playoffs based on the fact that the relief is having made it and that it's such a long win streak that those win streaks don't tend to last that long for a reason. But yeah. that's the beauty of having the bye week so late is that the, the win streak was actually split up. And if you yeah. think about that as the natural break, then I, I think you know that's what gives you hope that they can continue the streak on. That's a good point, mate. Yeah, actually, yeah, very, very solid. And uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll finish there for this game. Then size t- text us to say that his game ball goes to the whole defense. Uh, you've got a drink in your mouth, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna ad lib and go that I'm gonna be a bit more specific. I'm gonna give it to to Ogba. I thought he was disruptive from the first snap. I thought that it was impressive again that he got another pass deflection and a couple of sacks. You know, you don't tend to get those sort of edge rushers that can do both as well as he's done. And also the fact that he's such a, on a, such a cheap contract for this Dolphins uh, defence that you can definitely point to the fact that Emmanuel Ogbo is performing at such a high level because of the coaching he's getting. So that just all comes together as me. I think like he, he goes so unsung, as I've already said today. But game ball for, for Emmanuel Ogbo for me. How about you? Um, I, I've got to give it to Jalen Waddle. Because he's just after a week after having COVID, he know you know he's asymptomatic. Like it's, it's such a good performance, and at this stage, everybody knows what's happening, and they still can't stop it. And that's even with a defense as good as New Orleans. And yes, they had a lot of players missing, but it wasn't a lot of players in the secondary. And and he was still able to get open. He was still able to to catch passes down the field. You know, I, I I'm more impressed the longer it goes on. Just hope he doesn't hit that, that rookie wall. But I mean, hey, that's that's why you draft players from Alabama and teams that go deep into college playoffs because he's used to playing at this time of year. Um, you know, and, and playing those long seasons. And I think that's really important. And we're going to see the benefit of that um, hopefully in the next two weeks. And, and also, I think he's going to be very worthy of that um, rookie reception record. Um, which I, I, I sincerely hope he gets. Um, I'd love to see him get it this week because it probably means good things for, for the Dolphins' offense that we're moving the ball okay. Um, but yeah, like, and, and again, we mentioned how good it is because he's got that connection with Tua. He also didn't have Tua for five games and he's still on pace to break it in, a, in 16 games. I mean, if he, does it, if he was to do it Sunday, he'd actually do it in 15 games. You know, yeah. yeah, just can't say enough about him. Yeah, incredibly impressive and uh, just just very lucky to, to have 17 on, on our team, aren't we? So can't complain whatsoever. And that's my fault. For, I, I have to criticise whoever we draft in the first round this year. And, and <laughs> hey, keep come. it up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, right, next week, uh, next weekend even, we've got the Titans in a, again, another kind of make or break uh, matchup, matchup for this team and the, and the playoffs. Normally, we'd go into detail about, you know, matchups and stuff like that. You've got AJ Brown, you've got a very strong Titans defence. But this week, um, well, it was after we started the podcast, wasn't it? So we're going to dive into a bit of the Ryan Tannehill and Miami connection. And just get into it a bit, have a little bit of chat about that. And then we'll still do our score prediction at the end. But, you know, everyone who has watched the NFL all season will be aware that the Titans are dangerous. There's no Derrick Henry and it's going to come on to Tannehill's shoulders to beat his former team. So, Lee, your, your kind of thoughts on Tannehill, your thoughts on on whether it was right to let him go when we did, and your, you know any other thing you want to you want to put on the table. So, again, back to preseason. I told you this game was going to be huge because Chris Greer, Brian Flores need to answer to Stephen Ross and say this is why we let this guy go. This is why you paid him to play for Tennessee in his first season. Because we can beat him with this. Um, To me, this is the most important game on the schedule. And it would have been had we not won another game after week one. This is still a, this is an absolute must win. 
because otherwise it damages everything that the Greer and, and Flores have sold Stephen Ross as the owner. You you want you know Stephen Ross gets a lot of crap. Um, I always think that he, he's brilliant because he puts his money where his mouth is. It, we can never say that he hasn't spent the money on this team, um, whether it's the facilities or the team itself. He's willing to pay pay free agents. He's willing to pay players to get off the team. You know, you you went into the office. I know Brian Flores was was new, but your first decision was to move on from from the franchise quarterback. That's a huge decision. And now you need to justify it. And the only way to do that is to go and beat him. Because if he stops you getting in the playoffs, I think it raises some really big questions. And to me, even more than the seven-game losing streak. I think this, to me, this is so important. I can't, I can't over, overstate it. Um, but saying that, I believe Brian Flores is good enough to do that. And I believe that this is the moment he's been waiting for. Um, let's be honest. As a member of the, the Patriots, very often had our number and made us look very poor, um, with the exception of the Miami Miracle. And, and I say that because people will say about the Miami Miracle and, and how the, the Miracle was the play itself at the end. But we have to remember, Ryan Tantor left in the first half of that game and returned and basically went score for score with New England in that game. It's actually an incredibly good performance all the way through. Um, and Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator. So we need him to go out and do the same job that he did to Jared Goff, player that he knew in the past and had done well against. And we need him to be able to crank this defense up and go, go after Antonio. We know his weaknesses. We pick every week, we, you know, we have to listen to to national media, and especially the local media, pick apart every two or while I pass. And every interception is broken down frame by frame, annoyingly so. Because Tua hasn't thrown a game-losing interception yet. He's thrown an interception when we've been behind, like last year in Buffalo, um, earlier this year in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, but we were more, we were two scores down. It, that didn't kill the game. He was trying to do something to, to get us back in the game. He's not throwing those, whereas Ryan Tannehill did. Ryan Tannehill threw, threw bad interceptions at bad times, and I believe that's a big part of the reason he's not on the team. That's why Ryan Flores didn't want him here, was because of the, the mental side of it, you know, knowing when, when to protect the ball. So, you know, this, this is, is huge. Of course, it is for the playoffs and all of that, but I think this it has such a deeper level, deeper layer to it that, it's going to be a fascinating week and it scares me because I don't know if they were right to get rid of Ryan Tannehill. I believe Brian Flores could have won with a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill because I believe he's good enough. But we've we, we given two of the same problems we gave Brian Tannehill. Seven years of bad offensive line play. Yeah. We're, we're doing the same thing again. So make, make, make me feel better about it and go and beat him. <laughs> That's it. Um, for, for me, I think the success Tannehill's had since he's left is, and you can say it, you can put it quite squarely on the fact that he's got the, the run game that, that he has with, with Henry when, when he's healthy. It's just one of those ones where sometimes passers new work for both teams, don't they? Or both, you know, it's the same with like, you know, when you and I are working, if, I mean, I've had jobs before where I'm sat there and kind of feeling like, you know, I'm a bit burnt out. And you know, questioning whether I'm doing the right job or whatever, then I go and get another one in a similar environment but different place, and suddenly the performance ups itself no end because it's who you're surrounded with, it's the perception that people have of you, and you know, it's one of those things where you can say that oh, you've got to shut out people's perception of you and kind of just get on with, you know, doing your thing. But it's very difficult when you're a, such a high-profile athlete to kind of continue to play when you've got a fan base doubting whether you're the guy, you've probably got the owner doubting whether you're the guy, coaching staff, you know, I'm sure, I know Adam Gaze had a lot of faith in Tannehill, but, you know, there's got to be weeks where they're kind of sitting there and wondering and kind of frustrated with, with some of Tannehill's decision-making and stuff like that. So 
for me, I know it's probably not this simple, but it could just be the fact that he went and went to a new coaching staff who, you know, they didn't start him that year. They started Marcus Mariota, but he came in and he did what they wanted and he kept the play moving on time. Um, you know, he built that rapport with, with Henry, so they play off each other very well. He runs the ball quite well. For, and, you know, there wasn't yeah. a big break in the way that Mariota, like, Mariota's strength is running the ball and he didn't really kind of, um, break break off of that and then since AJ Brown's come in there's a connection between AJ Brown and, and Ryan Tannehill which is based on the fact that the Titans are run, were normally are a run first offence and when they do the play action stuff Ryan Tannehill's very good at play action stuff so you know it's all it's one of those ones where um, I'm sure it'll be debated hotly whether if you know if Tannehill goes out blows us away it'll be debated to the end of the earth whether the Dolphins made the right decision a couple of years ago but there's no guarantee that it'll be the other way around and Tanny will be blowing out the, the Titans if he was in a, an Acra shirt playing on, on Sunday afternoon anyway. It's just it's entirely situational, isn't it? And I think we've moved on for the better. We had that we had a season where we went into full rebuild and we came out that confident we've got a strong head coach. If we'd had Flores and Tannehill, I don't think you could have gone into a rebuild season because everyone will be saying, Well, if yeah. you're paying Tannehill again and you've got to go win games right now because Tannehill's a guy. So you know, so it was all, it's, it's worked out for us, hasn't it, really? And to be honest, I've probably misspoke a little bit because it's coming, it's one of those things, now we're talking about it, it kind of comes back to you. The decision yeah. was basically made before Flores took the job because yes. part of yeah. Flores taking the job was agreeing to the rebuild. So, yeah. like you say, he wasn't rebuilding with Ryan Tannehill on, on a big contract like he was. So, part of that decision was already made, but he also obviously didn't bang the table and say, look, I want this guy here. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, I, I really don't like the... I was always around Ryan Tannehill fan because I believe he had talent and he, you could win with him. I don't think he's what you would call elite, but I think he's more than capable of winning. Yeah. Um, I really don't like the argument of, oh, he's done so well because he's got Derrick Henry. Okay, so should we just remove all the talent from all the good quarterbacks and see how good they are? Yeah, like, exactly. Sorry, that, that's, we try and put good talent around all the players. You know, all the quarterbacks. What, why we drafted Jalen Waddle? Was because yeah. he's talented. It's not. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just really that argument really kind of gets gets me riled up because we paid a lot of money for Mike Wallace because we were trying to put talent around Ryan Tannehill. Like, yeah. We were trying. We just failed at it. <laughs> he yeah, got dropped a- into a team that had better talent. <laughs> That's it, and then Henry's sort of like a generational talent running back. Yeah. It's not like Tannehill can kind of pick and choose that running back wherever he is, is it? So, you know, it, it, it all kind of makes sense. But I still think at the weekend we're going to see a heavy sort of run game against us. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and I think that, you know, it doesn't matter who's – the Titans just like to run the ball. They've got a good offensive line. You know, it's going to be one of the – I think it's going to be a tight battle because I think if, if you remove Henry Henry's talent and the talent level – is fairly even, even across down, both yeah. rosters. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's, and, you know, there's also the fact that if, like, the Dolphins, you know, against the Jets went a couple of scores behind, brought Sars back into the game. If you've got someone of Henry's ability back there, it just grinds you down, doesn't it? Like, you know, you, it's yeah. harder to make that third, you know, three and out stop when you need it to kind of get the momentum back because he's just smashing you through the middle. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how Tannehill coach of the occasion it's obviously going to be one of those ones a bit like we were just saying about Tommy Lee Lewis but on a much grander scale but he's obviously going to want to come out and impress against his former employers so the Dolphins have got to be at their best to kind of face that down but um, I just hope we don't get into that narrative if we do lose this game that we've made the wrong decision because for me we wouldn't have gone yeah we wouldn't have gone 10-6 last year we wouldn't you know, we, it's just a completely different organisation. That's the one thing yeah. that I like about the NFL when you compare it to British sports is that it's possible to reinvent a team very quickly. And it's the same yeah. all American sport, isn't it? Like draft, yeah. draft capital stuff allows you to do that. But, you know, if, if you're, I don't know, like I, I always talk about Birmingham City, that's my team. But if you go, we've been through 10 years of just sitting at the bottom of the championship and because our owner can't afford or doesn't want to put the money into the club, and because we signed a lot of players to big contracts and, and you know, three, four years of, of too much money for the level they're playing at, you can't reinvent the team overnight because they're on a contract that you know, they have to go anywhere. 
you know, in the in the NFL, we literally reinvented ourselves in ten games, didn't we? By the end of that 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 season, everyone, you know, you know, we were beating the Patriots in in, in Foxborough and kind of bringing the Tom Brady era to an end in Foxborough with a great yeah. result. So yeah, that, that's what I like about this game, and it's the same with individual players. Tannehill's gone; he's reinvented himself with the system around him, which allows him to win, which gives him the confidence to win. And you know, if if it is the case that we lose. I won't have any hard feelings towards him whatsoever because I think he played his heart out in Miami, didn't he? Really? Yeah, I, I don't think he's not not in, he's not he's not no longer the Miami Dolphins quarterback because he wasn't trying. That, yes. That's that is one hundred percent not it. Him not getting the surgery on the first ACL is because he wanted to play for the Miami Dolphins. Like he could easily have had the surgery and sat out. Yes, in, with hindsight, you say he should have had the surgery because he ended up out long. <laughs> but it, the intention was good. You know, it, I think Ryan Tannehill is a an asset to a team. He's the kind of guy who can be a franchise quarterback. Be not sorry, can be the face of a franchise because he most of the time says the right thing. He plays the right way. You know, he's got kind of all the attributes that you want. You you, you mentioned there that we need to be worried about still seeing a run game. You wait till we see Ryan Tannehill running against us. You know that that scares me a little bit because. For all the running quarterbacks we've seen this year, Ryan Tannehill might be one of the most underrated because we see, we've seen it when he was playing yeah. for us. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. And I'm with you. There's no hard feelings if he beats us. And hey, that, that's that's just the way it is. You know, when they made the playoffs two years ago in his first season, I was hoping he'd win the Super Bowl because I think he deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a good enough player. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's there this one's going to be a nerve-wracking yeah. nerve week, actually. Um, interesting as well with the with the Titans having a couple more players go on the COVID list yesterday. I know we did as well, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, fingers crossed. We don't. We, we haven't really had a big outbreak yet, have we? Which is, um, you know, we lost one over a game, but we we still had the majority of offense. Yeah, what, but the thing that really worries me and. It can be as critical as we want of the offensive line, but if we suddenly lose like three or four of those that come out as the starters every week, it's kind of it's going to be a bit of a shambles, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, we, we I tried to preach in patience earlier in the year, and this O line has got better. They have got to a, a level where you can win seven games in a row because if they were playing the way they did week two, you wouldn't be winning seven in a row. You just can't. Yeah, um, exactly. We took some we took some incredibly annoying penalties on the O line the other night. Not all that I thought were fair. Didn't like the one against Liam Eikenberg. I mean, that was a bizarre. That was terrible, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. there were some terrible calls in the game altogether. To be fair, but you know, it's it's not perfect, but it's too late to fix it. So we need to to do the best with what we can. And I think Brian Flores deserves a lot of credit for for making sure that these meetings this week are happening from from home when when they can. It, uh, like via Zoom, sorry, because look, one of the one of the most important things is going to be being healthy in these last two games. Let, let's not lose one of these games because we don't have one of our most important players just because we decided to hold an in-person meeting. Let's be honest, we record this over Zoom. You know, it's the is the way of the world. They did it all last year. Yeah. They're capable. Is it? I'm sure it's not ideal, but it's it's far more ideal than not having your players come Sunday afternoon. That's it. That is it, mate. Right. Score prediction. Hmm. It's interesting because so I, I, I'm worried about <laughs> I'm so worried about this game. But I, I, I picked Dolphins to win every week. I picked them to win again this week. But I, I, but I do think it's close. But I think we're going to be able to move the ball a little bit better on offence. Um, I didn't think the offence was terrible the other night. Just played against a really good defence. Tennessee's well organized and well coached. They're not bad defense, but I think we will be able to have some more success. We need to see some more Devontae Parker. Um, with him being back, he can't just be a decoy. But we also know he's he's capable of doing that. If if we get a standard kind of Devontae Parker game, then that's that's a great asset on top of Jalen Waddle. Um, I felt like they tried to force the ball a little bit earlier to get him going, but then, like you say, completely blanked him for the rest of the game for the most part. But he also had an incredibly important play there in the late in the in the game where you see you almost see the wheels turning where he decided to cut in and stay in bounds. 
even in a game that, that, that was pretty comfortable, those things are important. And I think that's why we need to make sure these guys are playing. But give me... Uh, let's... I'll have 27-24. I want a Jason Sanders late field goal because that guy needs some confidence. Yeah. I mean, that, that long field goal that he kicked before, just before the half, I mean, it was an absolute beauty. Then when he kicks it again, I mean... Yeah, I think the wind took it the second time down. Didn't it? So <laughs> wasn't wasn't helpful, but uh, yeah, I've got twenty seven twenty one in my head. Um, yeah, of all the praise we've we've heaped on the on the Titans' offense in the last few minutes, I still think they're sort of like sixty percent without Derrick Henry. I think it's going to be one of those ones where he's going to be Ryan Tannehill versus the Miami secondary, the, the, the kind of decisive match of this game this week. And I think Tannehill has shown in recent weeks that whilst he can do a hell of a lot, it's also got the odd silly decision in him still. So I wonder if that's where someone like Javon Holland will come into the picture and just make that kind of decisive play. This needs to be a, a Brian Flores masterclass this week yeah. in how to call defence. Um and I believe he's more, more than capable of it. You said 27-21, but who's who? All right, so Dolphins. Yeah, <laughs> easy win, easy win. <laughs> All that matters now is wins. I made the joke the other night, a friend of mine texted me saying, are you nervous yet when, when the score wasn't really heading in our direction? To be honest, if we win 3-0, yeah. still be doing cartwheels down the high street because it's... All the matters is getting away at this stage. Absolutely. 100%, mate. Um, all right. I think we can leave it there, can't we? I think it was another good chat. Let's just hope that not too many of our players go out and have a wild one on, on New Year's Eve and, and get get the virus in those uh, those Miami nightclubs because I'm sure that uh, the nightclubs are still open. <laughs> so let's just hope that they don't attract Dolphins players for, for New Year we'll leave it there, I hope you all have a good New Year again, thanks for listening, obviously Sai will be back next week for his holidays, so look forward to speaking to you all then <laughs>